Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Working Change. This is Nate. And Marla. I almost forgot my name. <laughs> wow. What were you going to call yourself? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I'm just so excited about today. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've just been up for a couple hours and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Well, we get to talk about my favorite topic. Your favorite topic. No, I'm just joking. We get to talk about suffering today. Yes. Yes. It's kind of deep. It's philosophical. It is. It is. Um, but I think that especially in my work as a mental therapist and your future work as a mental therapist, mm -hmm. like a lot of times that's what prompts people to come in. Right. They're, they're really suffering. Well, and there's that unknown <laughs> quote that like pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. Right. So, all right. So we're jumping right in. <laughs> I just cut you off. Yeah, we're gonna jump we're, in. we're going it. right in. So I wanted to actually set the parameters of the conversation um, because I think the conversation is hard to have unless unless we are really careful about how we define things. Okay. Um, so based on that quote, pain, pain is an, an inevitable. <clears throat> right. Thing. So they're differentiating between pain and suffering. Right. Part of what we're going to talk about today, some of the the authors that we um, we read up on their works and things, they actually combine the two and they they have what they call like two different types of suffering. Right. So we'll try to do our best to differentiate when we're talking about one versus the other. So just be aware, some people feel that pain and suffering are different mm -hmm. and that pain you have to go through. That's just life. And that suffering you don't have to go through. Right. Other people feel like pain and suffering <clears throat> are, are inextricably linked and you, you can't separate them, but there are different types of suffering. So, so pain is built into the suffering, but there's different types of suffering. Right, right. So, so we'll talk about kind of both of those. Um, so hopefully that makes sense because if that doesn't make sense, then this whole... It's all on you. Did you explain it? I'm just joking. <laughs> this, this whole podcast is going to be a fail because they're like, I don't know what they're talking about right here. It will be suffering through it. You guys yes, will be suffering. You listening. are going to experience <laughs> That's a half the hour whole of point suffering. here. Yeah. Yeah. So... Suffering is an interesting thing, you know? I mean, people are like, why do I have to master suffering? Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. And what would you say to that? Um, I would say that if you do not master suffering, your life's going to be doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be really enjoyable because yeah. you're going to suffer a lot. I think suffering has the potential to kind of overtake us. Mm -hmm. We can get really good at it just because of the way our brain has been built. Um and and so it can run you rather than you like controlling it. Yeah. And and our 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 brain is built to try to avoid pain. Right. And so we're going to have a natural tendency to want to run away from pain. Right. Part of the issue in this conversation is again putting pain and suffering in this particular instance back together. Um there is some pain that we cannot run away from. Yeah. So Right. Well, do you want to get into like the levels of suffering? I, I yeah. Well, i i want I want to throw this quote out there. I really like this quote. Um, I hope I'll probably butcher this man's name. Um, Khalil Gibran, I think, is how you pronounce it. Okay. <clears throat> so he said, "Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars." And and so I really like the the idea that. Our suffering can make us stronger. I, I, we talked this morning on our walk about a story that I read about the the biosphere. I think it was the second one. 
I don't think you, you remember that. that? <laughs> you didn't. I swear that. I did. Okay. Well, I don't well, know. Well, I'm here for the first I... time here too, folks. <laughs> so the biosphere is supposed to be like a self-contained environment where human beings could survive. So in theory. Oh yeah, you did talk about. I did. This. Okay. You I was, just didn't I call I it did. a biosphere. I, I did. Like, what? what did I call it? I don't know. Maybe you did, and I wasn't listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's bad. Huh? Well, that, that's so that's weird. You listen to everything I say. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so. So the second biosphere, you know, they have a bunch of plants and trees and all sorts of different stuff. And, and the trees, as they were maturing, would fall over. Right. And they're like, what the heck's going on? So they discovered that the trees didn't, they weren't developing strong enough root systems. Because so I'm going to back you up because you, when you told me this story, I do remember this now. Okay. When you told me that you were saying that they were trying to create like other like planets and life forms on planets. And so in one of the biospheres, it was like this huge environment. Um that had no outside forces, they were planting trees and the trees kept falling over. Right. Okay. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so the biosphere has these trees, trees keep falling over, yeah. couldn't figure out what's going on. And they realized there's, there's no wind. Right. Like, so it's, it's the difficulty, the wind, the storms, those types of thing that cause trees to develop deeper and stronger roots right. that mm-hmm. keep them up. Which their own, they would fall over of just on their own weight. Right. So, you know, likewise with us, like we need to be able to experience difficult things. And, and even there's, there's a, there've been some studies that I am not, this is a little bit outside of my uh, realm of expertise, but I'm aware that they exist and I've heard people talk about them. <clears throat> studies that show that like extreme heat and cold therapy, um, in a way, it's it's not comfortable to our body, so it causes our body suffering. Actually, right. encourage um, things like new growth, and and uh, and there's been observed a lot of health benefits from that. So we so know that before you move on from that, if we're going to talk about this, do you want to talk about the benefits of suffering? Because that, that's kind of what you're you're saying. Is yeah, that there are benefits. There are to suffering. Right. So so there's a positive lining to this. Right, and that's and that's what I I wanted to try to to get to which is like i think that we that most people have an innate fear of of pain and suffering yeah. like nobody wants to go through no hard painful uh-uh. things but is there a way to view it to where it doesn't have to be as terrifying it doesn't have to be something we dread all the time so th- that's kind of where i wanted to go so if, if you want to pick up right there <laughs> i just drop it on me thanks <laughs> So I read a couple different articles, and this one article, um, I hope I get his name right, is Dr. Tal Bin Shahar. He is a co-founder of the Whole Being Institute. Okay. He also teaches out of Harvard, like a positive psychology course that's really popular. Um, he mentioned a Tibetan monk that, that talked about the four benefits of suffering, and they are wisdom, resilience, compassion, and deep respect for reality. Hmm. So you gain wisdom from suffering because it allows you to self-reflect. I know that like when something bad has happened to me and I'm kind of suffering, I start to ruminate and I think, why did this happen to me? Why am I feeling this? Why, why, why? I Mm self-reflect. So in that self-reflection comes hopefully my aha moments of like, oh, I get this now. I understand that. Some suffering doesn't have that. So I want to be clear well, on that. And and you have to be careful where the brain might go right. in this case. There is scrupulosity, which 
is right. religious OCD. And sometimes when people can't find a cause, they begin to assume that God is punishing them right. for this thing that they are unaware that they've done. And, and he's going to continue to punish them until they find it. And that's a dangerous place to be mentally. Right. So let me strip it down, like, I guess just smaller than, you know, like one of our children like burned themselves on the stove mm-hmm. this last week. Right. You know, there was suffering involved with mm-hmm. that. She was really good at, ah, oh, I did Very a band yes. you know, for days. Yeah. So, you know, reflection upon that incident would say, stay away from the stove. The stove is That's, that's and, what you learned. Right. The pain caused learning. Right. She learned to not do that. And it's funny because now she'll go up to the stove and she'll be like, oh, my owie. You yeah. know, like she understands now because she's suffered that you don't want to do that. Even though this whole time I've been like, stay away. That's hot. Don't touch it. She had to learn that through that suffering at that incident yeah. with the pain. Right. So, so we develop knowledge and wisdom. So that's wisdom, the okay. first one. Resilience is another one. Um, I think it was Nietzsche that said, what, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. It's mm-hmm. also like what a Kelly Clarkson song. Did I get that right? Or Taylor I, Swift? I, I don't know. Someone, don't know. someone like, will, will set I me straight on this. I don't know music. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a resilience that comes with suffering. Mm-hmm. We learn that like this will not break me. I'm still here. I'm okay. I mean, the stuff that I thought was going to like just utterly destroy me when I was in second grade, I kind of laugh at now, mm-hmm. you know. The same thing is true. You know, in 10 years, I might look back and be like, that didn't kill me. It was super hard, but it didn't kill me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. So wisdom and resilience, great. Compassion. Um, the definition for compassion, he said, was it was defined as a deep awareness of suffering of others and a sense to relieve it. Okay. And I really like that. I think that when you go through something really hard and you suffer, you do kind of tend to want to look outward. And when you see somebody else kind of suffering with something similar, you want to relieve that for them. You don't want them to have to experience what you experience. That's, yeah. that, you know, you understand the pain that and the suffering that it involved for you. Yeah. And, and I love that because I think this connects really well to um, the study we talked about earlier that Sue Johnson did, who developed mm-hmm. EFT where she found that couples with strong attachments when they were going through like physical pain, um, they reported actually less pain than right. couples that had, um, were going through a physically taxing experience, but didn't have a strong attachment. Um, and, and we saw that in my own life where I'm super claustrophobic and I had to go get a, uh, not a CT can An MRI. MRI, thank you. <laughs> you forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> an MRI. Yeah, my my brain doesn't even want to remember that. And they and they like slide me into this machine, and I'm like, what is this? And I crawl right out of it. So yeah. I went back the second time with you, and I was able to to survive. And it was not a comfortable thirty minutes. My my brain was. Oh, not we were there a lot rational. longer than thirty minutes, and it was. It, I stood okay, the was, whole time, and yeah, it was really it was uncomfortable. An hour. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. But I was I was able to go through it because it seemed easier because you were there. There was a right. comfort that I got right. from you being there, and I was there because I had compassion upon you. I understood <laughs> that that can be really hard yeah. to do. Um, so the fourth one is deep respect for reality. Um, you want to take a stab at that? Why that would probably be something you learn from suffering? Um, <clears throat> Curious to see if you can. I don't know if I'm going to nail this one. Where my brain goes is like we we were like our brain was raised in, a, in an incredibly hostile world. 
Mm-hmm. And so if if I had been born 2,000 years ago, uh, there's a 33% chance that you would have died in childbirth. Awesome. <laughs> Half of our children, you know, would have died before the age of five or, yeah. you know, in childbirth. And, and I probably would have been killed as a result of, like, famine or war. So our our brain comes from this place where um where reality is incredibly hostile um i don't know i'm sitting here and i'm saying it and i think i have an answer and then i'm realizing that my answer isn't really an answer so i'll go <laughs> ahead and stop with that and say i'm not really sure so enlighten me so i think what the the whole purpose of this is that, that you learn this deep acceptance of what it is, okay. like our potential, like yeah. our limitations, yeah. our humanity, yeah. you know, what it is to be a human. Um, and you learn that through suffering. I like that. I like that. So wisdom, resilience, compassion, and a deep respect for reality are all the benefits of suffering. Doesn't it just make you feel like going out and suffering today, Nate? No. I still don't <laughs> okay. want to suffer. Well, and this this attaches to me in a very distinct way. I can yeah. connect with this. I think most people, especially the longer you live in life, the more likely you are to go through something that's really difficult. Yeah. For me, when we met, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, um, I was deeply depressed. Yeah. I, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I think it was called severe depression back then in, in my early 20s, over 20 years ago. And I was a mess. Like I was emotionally in a very, very dark place mm-hmm. and I, I was struggling with just the will to live. Right. And, and that is, is a horrific place to be. Um, now I don't want to conflate that with, with what someone might be going through where their life is in danger because of, of cancer or any other thing. Because when I look back on it, I realized that there were things I could have done so that the suffering wouldn't have been as severe. I just didn't know. I didn't know what I wasn't doing. Right. And so I wish I knew because I don't think it would have been as bad. I do have bad days still, but but they're not as many and they're not as bad because now I know how to manage it. Right. So, you know, that's not necessarily an option for someone that's dealing with cancer that could take their life, you know. Right. You know, that that there is differences between that. So I don't want to necessarily conflate those. But it's still a really dark time. It was still an awful experience. I don't want to go back there. I will tell you if you come to me when I'm in that state mm-hmm. and and tell me, I'm so happy for you that you get to experience this wisdom of suffering, like that's not going to sit well with me. No. Looking back on it, I can appreciate like some of the positives that come out of it. Well, nobody but when you're in it, yeah, it's awful. Nobody that's sitting in something that's that you're suffering with wants to talk about the benefits. Congratulations <laughs> to you. You know? It's ne- yeah. that's never a good thing. So please do not go to your loved one who is suffering and tell them, don't worry, there's all these benefits. It's I love so this podcast. For you. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna end well. Yeah, for you. that's not something no. people like to hear. So I came across something interesting that talked about, well, there's the four noble truths of Buddhism, mm-hmm. which I think are interesting. They are, yeah. Because uh, Buddhism talks a lot about suffering. And do you know some of the noble truths or do I need to rattle them off? I think you have them written down perfectly. <laughs> hey, and I would not. I would cheating not. cheating me out here. <laughs> I, I would give so you the my first one that wouldn't be totally right. yeah. is life is suffering. Yes. Okay. The second one is the cause of suffering is desire. Okay. Which I find really fascinating. Yeah, that is. And the third one is the cause of desire must be overcome. Mm-hmm. 
The fourth one is when desire is overcome, there is no more suffering. Yeah. Interesting. So this, that would be an example of how they're, they're kind of, well, I don't know. Is that an example of, of them differentiating between pain and suffering? Because they don't use pain at all in there. No. Okay. No, there's no, no mention of pain at all. It is mainly about our desires. Yeah. So, um, I came across another part of this article that talked about desires and wants. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had this conversation with several of our kids this week about wants and needs and desires. Yeah. And there is a cycle that we put ourselves in where um, we suffer because we don't get what we desire. And can we just, can I just throw something out there? (laughs) You made this point to me earlier this week, which I thought was brilliant, which I, I feel like, like I understand, but I know I I hadn't had someone like just say it in words. Okay. When when you said what we want is usually not is often not what we need. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh yeah, that's of course. Like like we're fighting between what we really need, which is good for us, and what we want, which is often not good for us. Yeah. Which is a constant struggle for us with our kids with yeah. with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like they know what they want and they want it something fierce, but we're trying to tell them, well, no, that's not what you need. And right, but they're like, well, but that I don't really want what I need. I want what I what, want. What, what, right. <laughs> I have this desire that I need to like extinguish, and if I don't get it, they yeah. do suffer. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of wallowing on the floor and crying <laughs> and gnashing of teeth. I mean, it's pretty dramatic. Yeah. But we do the same thing as adults, I think. We just go into our bed and we just don't get out or, yeah. you know, we're crying a lot or or anger, I think, comes out when we suffer too. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on the noble truths, our our desires are, are what are, are causing are our suffering. A cause of suffering. How do we disconnect from our desires? So everything that I have read is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is really hard. <laughs> very hard. There's there's really a hard. book that you bought. Um, I don't know if you read it by haven't had time. Tara yet. Brock. Yeah, yeah um, called Radical Acceptance. I would recommend that book if if people are interested in learning more about what acceptance is and isn't, because I think just on its face that phrase sounds a little weird. It's like, well, what do you mean acceptance? Like, I just have to accept that I have a crappy job and need a new car and. Like, right. like there, there's a lot of pieces of acceptance. You, you could take the word acceptance and, and look at the dictionary well, definition. Well, acceptance feels like resignation. Yes, thank you. And Perfect. it's not. Right. Acceptance, it doesn't mean that I approve of this or I forgive you. <clears throat> acceptance is simply like acknowledging it. Although I do think forgiveness is super important. We don't yes. have to be okay with the way someone right. treats us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it also means like how much time and energy am I going to spend like, on something I can't control. Yes. Experiencing this pain. Mm-hmm. On ruminating over this. On suffering yeah. um, about it. It doesn't mean that you're giving up or that you're like passive about it. It just means, you know, I can't control this per se. I'm just going to be okay. I accept that this is happening in my yeah. life. And I now can choose how I deal with it. You know, and I can move forward in, in any way that I want. I'm in control. Right. So acceptance is power, I would say. Yeah. And and I I think for me, acceptance, I, I kind of look at it as, as 
two different aspects of my life. So mm-hmm. on the one hand, I have things that I can control. And on the other hand, I have things I cannot control. Right. The things that I can control, I, I think like I would disconnect acceptance from that because I have some control over these. So I can work. Well, that would be like outcomes. level one suffering is one of the authors said level one suffering. I don't necessarily. Why don't you control. explain that real quick? So the two levels of suffering are one is the, the he said that is the inevitable mm-hmm. suffering. Mm-hmm. And this comes from Mike Brooks. He's a PhD in psychology to, mm-hmm. you know, he had a great article in January, February of this year in psychology today okay. about suffering. So he talked about the first one is inevitable suffering. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not going to get away from it. Like right. you get cancer or um, you're born with a abnormality that, you know, per, prevents you from doing things or you have an accident, you know, you lose your sight. You're going to have suffering with that. Somebody divorces you, you're going to suffer, but that's inevitable. Like I can't stop it. Mm -hmm. I can't control it. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one would be optional suffering. Optional suffering is the one where our brain is like a negativity bias machine and we ruminate on it and we just Our desire for something kicks in and we just have to think about like how I don't get that. It's not fair. I, you know, I want to control this and I can't. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm upset that I'm not getting what I wanted. Right. Not what I need, but what I want. Right, (laughs) right. My desire is kicking in. I am suffering because I desired something else. You know, it's interesting because um, I am learning that maybe I need to write a book. Oh, okay. And I'm going to coin this term right now so no one else gets to steal it. Okay. (laughs) But I think it would be a book called Death of a Dream or Death by a Dream. Death by a Dream. Because I think I learned in my life that some of the worst times that I suffered were because I had a dream attached with something. Mm -hmm. I had a desire for something. Mm -hmm. And when I couldn't get that desire, I mourned like crazy. And when that dream kind of died... It brought a lot of suffering. And how much do we do that in our life? You know, dreams are great and they're necessary, but you know, you have to be careful that, that you're not dreaming so big and you're not, you're so rigid that if it's not possible, that if your desire isn't possible, your dream isn't possible, that it doesn't send you into this suffering for years yeah. or months. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a really interesting point because a lot of dreams that we have are based around other people in our lives that are important to us. And, and when those people make other decisions that maybe won't, don't include us, right? accepting that, 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 you know, that, tree which is our life and that branch which we had such high high hopes for has has been pruned off right it's been lopped off and and we can sit there and and just be so sad that that branch is gone or we can tend to the other branches in our lives and put our our hopes and dreams into those branches right so that you know they talk about like how do i do it how do i accept things Mm -hmm. you know and and there were a couple things that were mentioned one would be that I just really learned to accept small things first. You know, accept the fact that like you're stuck in traffic. Just be okay with it. Accept the fact that you have to wait in a line. Like how many of us get into a line and we're so like mad and we're like suffering. We're like, and then we're irritable with other people right. around but us. What is the desire in each of those cases? Desire is to be thing. first, to get out, to, to move forward, to be in control, right? To be somewhere else. Yes. For me, I'm kind of a homebody. Like I, 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 I don't like being stuck in traffic cause I want to be at home. 
Right. So, so if I'm last in line, if I'm stuck in traffic, what I'm wanting, what my desire is in that moment is to be somewhere where I'm comfortable. Right. I'm not totally comfortable in traffic. Right. But, you know, you can learn to accept it. I'm mm-hmm. here. So why don't I just try to be as comfortable as I can? Put some music on, maybe listen to a podcast. I don't Working know. change is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's important. But we the small things, don't go try to like solve the acceptance of this really big thing. You're going to probably fail miserably. Right. So, practice so start on the some things. small things like first. Um, the other one was to focus on the present. Um, don't try to accept future things. Like we're not mind tell you know. Mind readers, mind readers, fortune tellers. Fortune tellers. I like to think I am. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, this is going to oh, happen. Oh, our brain. Our brain thinks it knows. Yeah, our cute little brain. <laughs> I know. But we, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's where, like, the death of a dream comes in for me. You know, realizing that I had this dream for my future. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. And boy, was I going to mourn it mm-hmm. for, like, decades. If mm-hmm. I, and I probably still am because of my brain. But just understanding that, like, I can focus on the present and be okay with that. But if I'm starting to focus on the future and try to accept that, there's a million variables there. I can't accept it all. Yeah. And I think that, that to me, if you're, if you're too, focusing too much on the future, that would be an indication that your anxiety might be getting a little out of control. Yes. Anxiety is often related to future events. And then one, another one that they mentioned was is that um, you don't need to accept judgments. Okay. Which I think is interesting. Um, a lot of, some people will judge other people and they'll be like, you're a bad person. Yeah. You know, and then what do I do with that? I'm like, I'm a bad person and I suffer because I'm thinking that Nate says I'm a bad person. Well, and yeah, but it, dang, that shame is a problem, yes. which is the minute someone says that, like, I guess what? Sometimes I do things that are not great. Like I have a bad day. What? Yes. <laughs> I know it's terrible. To Sometimes I have a bad day and I say something I regret or I do yeah. something that I'm like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. If, but I, that is not the only thing that defines me. And that's right. why, why generalizing one behavior or one thing that you said to your entire existence is dangerous because right. I'm not only the things that I regret that I did, but I'm also the things that I'm glad that I did. Right. So you have to be a little careful about, about taking that to an extreme, which the uh, suffering brain might do. Yes. Sorry, definitely. I cut you off a little bit. No, there, it's, so. it's all good. It's all good. So those are the three things okay. that like, I like of those. how to accept something. Okay. And they say that like when you do accept, your suffering does come down. Yeah. yeah. Your anger comes down too. Imagine yeah, that. It does. So. It does. And I think that, that one of the things that I also wanted to point out in this is I feel like um, for Christians in particular, because I don't know as much about other faiths, but for Christians in particular, I do think that humility, like mm-hmm. our being willing to to go through difficult things because, you know, we accept that that God allows that to happen. Um, I I think that, that that ties very closely in with this as well. I view that in kind of in the same light where, you know, I don't get angry about going through something difficult because I am aware that if... If my, you know, my, the, what I believe in is higher power didn't think that I could handle this or didn't want me to go through it, I wouldn't be going through it. But there's something in it for me. And so I'm being allowed to go through it. So I, I think that that also connects. Well, one this. of those benefits is in it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to come out the other side with Every time you suffer, I'm just and... going to tell you all about the benefits, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> so I just walked myself into a corner. Yep. Totally. It's going to be great. Get out of bed, you baby. There's this benefits. This is going to be great. <laughs> Don't do that, people. <laughs> We're having fun with each other. 
Okay, so I think that'll wrap up suffering. Um, <laughs> I wanted to to end with a quote. You you mentioned Nietzsche earlier, and I really <laughs> like this one too. Um, he said, "To live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering." And I know that I have seen that in my life because my mental health was always so bad. Not always so bad, but but was there was some pretty bad periods. And now in my work as a mental health therapist, like it all feels like it makes sense. Like it gives me perspective and it helps me when someone like is telling me about not being able to get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can relate to that. So we we don't always know why we're going through something in the moment. But my experience is, is often later on we'll find out that, that there was some some reason that we went through this thing that we can apply to help ourselves or someone else. Right. So. I would, I would caution though, that sometimes there isn't a, a reason and be okay with that. Just okay. the acceptance yeah. of that, because sometimes we don't know, we will never yeah. know. And yeah. I mean, you can come up with other really good things, but to actually know why I think you can drive yourself mad. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Don't, don't spend too much time speculating on, on the why spend yes. some time doing something that, that, you feel good about that brings, you know, positive, uh, positivity into your life. So, but I like it. The suffering will actually create a better life. I mean, there was talked about that. Just kind of like opening it back up. Sorry. I'm oh, 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 we're trying to close <laughs> it. I'll be down. quick. I'll be quick. Okay. <laughs> that suffering, that there is a seesaw in life of one on one end is suffering and one end is like joy and happiness. Yeah. And in order to know one, the more you know one, the more you know, you know the other. Yeah. And so, you know, suffering is necessary if you want to know deep and true happiness. How much more am I happy and have joy um, because I have known really great suffering? Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, then we will end on that note. Thank you for being with us. If you have any questions or comments or is something you'd like to hear about, you can reach us at uh, workingchangecoaching at gmail.com. And uh, thank you for being with us. Have a great week.